Let's go! Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Bingetown TV. I am Kyle, who will be your host for today. And with me, I have Luke, Jimmy, and B-Toms. That makes four of the seven. So today, we have a treat for you guys. This is our first official Bingetown TV Watch With Us episode. So, basically, there are only so many shows that come out weekly, and there are plenty of old gems out there that we here at The 7 are very passionate about, and we can't help but rave about them to each other. So, we decided to take these shows that we love and bring some fresh content to them. So, this is what created this series. I'm sure everyone else out there has an ever-growing list of TV recommendations from friends and family that never seems to get any smaller. So, how this show will work is that we'll take a show that some of us have watched, but others haven't, and then we'll do a series with these two groups discussing the show. So our first choice is the Stars TV show Spartacus, Blood and Sand. So we'll go through the show episode by episode, giving you guys genuine reactions from our first-time watchers. There will be no spoilers, so don't worry about that. So the first season of Spartacus has 13 episodes. We'll be breaking it into four parts. Episode 1 of this series, this episode, will cover episodes 1 through 4 of the show. Episode 2 will cover episodes 5 through 8. Episode 3 will then be 9 through 12, and then we'll set aside an entire episode for the season 1 finale, because as those who have already watched the show know, that baby is a masterpiece. So let's just jump into this thing right away with our newcomers explaining why they wanted to do Spartacus. Definitely. Well said, Kyle. Well said. So, um, of the four of us, Jimmy and myself are the two newcomers, and a little bit of background, Kyle, Luke, and you'll meet Paul have been raving about the show they love it you know they say it's bloody it's gory it's gladiators like they've been so adamant about watching this show for as you know as long as i can remember they they just gravitated toward towards it and it has all the makings of a show that this group likes you know blood tits explicit words like so yeah we're getting into it jimmy yeah yeah, and I just want to give a shout-out to the uh, Facebook group, on uh, the Spartacus Facebook group and the Spartacus subreddit. Uh, we weren't sure if we wanted to do this uh, show just because it was about 10 years old at this point. So we threw it out there to the Spartacus subreddit, and everyone was totally into it, and it really got me excited to go. Luke was asking me to watch it for so long, and this, this Spar- uh, Spartacus subreddit lit a fire under my ass, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, and so this is Luke here. I'm I'm the other vet on this first episode we have for Spartacus. So the show came out in 2010, about 10 years ago, and I jumped on to Spartacus about two years in. So I caught it a little bit later than, than live, but ever since I've been recommending it to everybody under the sun. I love this show. So are we ready to get going on episode one? Let's do it. That starts the story, and I mean... Pretty soon we see that Spartacus is just destined for some misfortune and stuff. I mean, just this ragtag group of people that are getting talked down to by the by the fancy Roman Empire. Like you can tell, they're they're going to be treated like shit by by the fancy Romans, um, and they are they they're called into the auxiliary, right? Yeah, the first episode, there's a lot of information they throw at you, just like as in any other pilot for any show, because they're setting up a lot of the main political pieces. You're getting a lot of faces that you're going to start associating with specific countries. Like we have our main character who's going to be the representation of his Thrace country. And then we, we get introduced pretty early on to, to the Roman face that's going to be the equivalent of Spartacus' rival in the form of Claudius Glaber. 
Um, and both of these characters, they make a powerful appearance in the beginning episodes. But overall, it's pretty it's pretty accepted in the fandom that the first episode is really, really weak. But it does it's it's a necessary evil that you have to get through just so we so we have some ground to stand on when we're going through this epic tale. Yeah, and I'll jump in right there because I don't know if it was necessarily weak with content. I just think that one of the first things that popped in my head when I started watching this show was that uh, cinematography has come a long way in 10 years for television shows. Um, I had right away a 300 vibe, but it doesn't have the budget of a blockbuster movie. The fight scenes... Very 300-like to me, but I do I did like the fight scenes a lot. I thought the blood was a little fake. Uh, it was probably back then a very cool effect. B-Tomsy, what do you think about that? Like, I think it's a little bit much, and we're four episodes in, and I still think it's a little bit much, but it's completely intentional. So, like, I get what they're trying to do. It doesn't do it for me specifically. I'm sure in 2010 it probably held up way better. Yeah, I was just going to say. Like, the CGI is dated, and I think throughout the series I'm going to have to just give the show the benefit of the doubt there. It's yeah. not bad enough that it, like, affects the show for me, but, like, I notice it, I acknowledge it, it changes thing. a little throughout, but it's definitely intentional, and I think that's part of the appeal is, like, once you just accept it, you can start to love it and just kind of just take it at face value. But one of the things that I think this show stands above um, production value of movies is I think the fighting is the choreography. The choreograph, choreography. Choreography of the fights is just really above average. I think um, the actors... They went all out for this. You can tell, like they they transform their bodies to yeah, be as fucking, gladiator as you yep. can possibly be. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just yeah. really it's funny that this is a comment that you're making, which is definitely justified. It's just I remember watching it, I guess, over many years ago, and like not thinking about that at all. Yeah, I, I remember mean, thinking it, like, wow, like that dude's ripped, or like, wow, she's hot. <laughs> yeah, like, damn, they're fucking fighting. <laughs> it's definitely strong when it's the close combat fighting. It's really only the special effects that that I really noticed. I mean, the blood is still cool, and I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure it was awesome 10 years ago, but when things like Game of Thrones come out and kind of upped it a little bit, you know, you start to notice the CGI being different. And that's a point in its credit, because there weren't a lot of uh, mainstream HBO star shows that that attacked this kind of audience, so maybe that's part of the reason that so many people gravitated towards it when it came out, and that's why so many people think of it as like a cult classic, a growing cult classic, as it's just, it's not too old, but, you know. It also didn't do it any favors that, like we've already touched on, like the first episode was probably one of the weaker episodes content-wise, which is expected of a pilot. So, how do you feel about that haircut on Spartacus in the beginning? Oh, I like him with the long hair, yeah. Got the locks? You don't, you don't get a lot of it, but like I like him with the long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the short hair. I don't know why. I do. Hey, do we I'm a sucker for a man with long hair. Uh. <laughs> Takes me back to my... You once were a man yeah, with long my hair. Yeah, my days. <laughs> Not too far in the past. So Glauber and the Roman army make a deal with the Thracians, kind of spearheaded by Spartacus, who is obviously pretty clearly identified as a leader essentially help us fend off these Gedi barbarians and in effect we'll offer you protection with our mass you know just better forces in general glauber obviously because he's a douchebag goes back on his word tries to go for glory i think chasing like the main roman enemy on the eastern front or something and abandons the western front which is where the thracian villages are uh they have an exchange wherein spartacus and the thracians and their encampment uh kill 
Glauber's kind of henchmen on horses. Uh, Glauber gets knocked unconscious, and all of the Thracians just abandon camp. Um, next thing we see, Spartacus links up with Sura, who's his girl, who's all of our girl. We like Beautiful, Sura. Sura. Yeah, yes, we love yes, Sura. Yes. Uh, kills some barbarians, uh, but sees that they already got to the village. So he saves Sura, but his village is in flames. And they kind of run off together. And, and can I pause you right there? Let's okay. talk about some issues with the content. You know, Sir just so happens to be straying from the village, picking some fruit, and being attacked by the Geti so that our boy Spartacus can jump in, save her life, and they can hold hold each other while they watch it burn down. Um, you know, writing a little sketchy right there, but... It's called the know. hero timing. There you go. Yeah, she's a damsel in distress. I'm also fine, though. The show is not about the love... Well, that's an underlying thing. The show is about fighting and stuff. They want to get Spartacus into Rome, fighting some people fucking shit up as soon as possible. So I'm fine with that creative freedom of just saying, yeah, she was literally miles outside of the village, like, picking apples. Why not? At night. At night, yeah. And this is such a a fucking douchebag, man. He falls off his horse, right? And Spartacus is, like, trying to help him up. And he's like... No, Spartacus... Tells them not to kill yeah, him. Don't, he's don't kill out. him. Yeah. Yeah. But continuing <sighs> on with Sir, real quick, uh, I think they did a good job of spending a certain portion of this episode on the dynamics between Sir and Spartacus' relationship because we need, really, really needed to cement the fact that that's going to be one of the main components of Spartacus's personality and a huge driver of almost everything he does this entire show. So I, I think that was good. I know I could see the, the cheesiness of that specific scene, but, you know, they had to do it in some way. And I get and like I said, this first episode kind of sucks. They did it well enough to establish that it's a huge driving point of Spartacus's character. But at the same time, they didn't spend too much time on it. So I'm fine with it. Plus, they bang, which was hot. A couple <laughs> so, times. Yeah. A couple... <laughs> so anyway, the next time we see them, they kind of are wandering. They're found in a cave and Glauber shows up, like beats the shit out of Spartacus, uh, takes Sura away. Um, I think he gets knocked out and then he wakes up in Rome or on a ship to Rome. On a ship, I... yes. Right. And he's talking to kind of the other Thracian ragtag groups that will you know, kind of be with him for at least a little bit. <laughs> Some of them. Just a little. Um, so we get to Rome, and we start to introduce a few more main characters-ish. It is Salonius, who is lesser, but also Batiatus. Who and... will be our Lanistas for the early part of the season. Okay. So Salonius, Batiatus, and Glauber are all presenting fighters for... Uh, there's going to be an arena fighting the next day. And they are presenting him to Senator Albinius, who we later find out is Alethea's father and Glauber's father-in-law. And Alethea, we kind of skipped over this part a little bit because this happened when the whole Thrace-Roman conflict happened. But Alethea is going to be another one of our main characters here. And she is the wife of Claudius Glauber and the daughter of Senator... Albinius, 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 yeah, that's yes, in Capua. So we are also introduced to a couple of other main characters here, being our head uh, Ludus master. His name is uh, Quintus Batiatus. Batiatus, who's going to be the host of most of our early scenes in the season, and he brings along with him two of his main gladiators. We are presented with Barca, who is our tall absolute savage of a man that 
is just going to be a personal bodyguard to Batiatis for for most of his scenes. And then we're also introduced to Crixus, who we're going to find out a little bit later has a lot going on in his life, love life. But uh, he's an absolute savage. That's going to just be a, another rival to Spartacus that kind of just emphasizes how badass these all these men are in this show. Jay Spin, correct me if I'm wrong, but they walk in the door and it's just like. These two mean something. Let's go. Especially in contrast to, like, the scrawny Thracian, like, slaves that are being dragged in here. Like, Crixus is gleaming. Like, Barca is just this enormous, like, massive dude. And since we know the show is going to be about gladiators, those are two fucking gladiators. Did you guys pick up how uh, short Crixus is compared to Barca? Oh, yeah. Crixus is a short dude. But he's a tiny guy. Just enormous. Tiny guy, but he's also uh, Deathstroke. Yeah. Deathstroke. He's from... Is he for? Is he in, in Arrow? Oh TV yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> CW. Is he really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Interesting tidbit. How about that? Worlds collide. Uh, so some other people were introduced in this scene are Salonius. I don't think we mentioned Salonius him yet. is another Ludus master, I believe. Right, and yes. I don't think he has any named uh, slaves or gladiators with him at this time. But we start getting into a little bit of the dialogue, and long story short. Uh, Claudius Glaber offers up the captured Thracians, including our main character Spartacus here, as sacrifices to be executed in the games in the arena the following day or so. What did you think? Glaber sucks. I mean, I knew that they were slaves, and I mean, they weren't going to be welcomed in Rome as heroes or anything and given the royal treatment. So, yeah, they were going there to die. Um, Spartacus has plot armor, though, so I knew he wasn't going <laughs> to die. I had yeah. a feeling he was going to make it through eventually. <laughs> he gets axed. Uh, but yeah, one. Glaber just a douche. That was my takeaway. I agree. You know, he came in thinking that sending these captured Thracians was going to get him um, some favor with his father-in-law. Uh, you can tell he has ambition. He wants to move up in the ranks, but it was pretty obvious that the father-in-law owned him in front of everybody, acting like he didn't care. Absolutely. Well, at the same time, though, the reason he's there is because he left the war front, too. So that was kind of like the uh, Albinius. Like, he wouldn't like that. He's supposed to be fighting a war for Albinius, and he came back to show off these slaves. Yeah, like, these what, slaves. what is that going to do for your chances? Go to war. Um, anyway, though, so we exit this scene, and I guess the next noteworthy thing would be the games the next day, which is where the legend of Spartacus is born, baby. Um, yeah, paint us a picture, Jimmy. And I'll say right here, um, when I got 30 minutes into this episode, I paused it and I said, you know, am I going to keep watching? Uh, I mean, I knew I had to because of this podcast, but I, I need a little, I was like, do I need a little break? But I said, no, I'm going to keep going. And this part right around here, you know, throughout the whole episode, they do paint the picture with, with Glaber and Spartacus and a little bit of a rivalry. This last final scene with the arena is what got me all in for this show. Um, so we had the captured Thracians. They're sent to the arena to be executed by battle, pretty much. And they all are. We get Spartacus. He's the last one. And he's placed in battle against four gladiators. Um... Getting his ass kicked, pretty much. Bitches getting wild in the uh, in the stands. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and the crowd reactions are some of the best. Like, yeah. like little quick scenes in yeah. the whole show. <laughs> There's just titties pop and just people with busted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and for a quick rewind, I guess we should talk about the fact that when uh, Spartacus was getting ready to go to war for the Romans, Sora stopped him the morning after they made sweet love. And she said she had a dream, and the gods came to her and said that he was going to be on his knees. And a red serpent was going to be um, 
it, it, the red it, serpent was going to be a sign from you right. know, the heavens that and pretty and pretty much she said don't go you know and but then she said you know he said i have to go i'm a man of my word and she said kill them all and mm-hmm. he says for you i will so when he's on his knees after getting his ass kicked he sees the shield held by one of the gladiators and it's a red serpent on the shield and that's what gave him the goddamn motivation to become Spartacus right there and and defy all the odds. He was sent there to be executed in front of the people of Capua, and he just turned up and put on a show. And I don't care what I said about the CGI or anything. This scene with the blood and everything, the choreography was phenomenal. Everything was just badass. You know, I was fully in right there. So Spartacus kicks ass. The crowd loves it. And... When you're in the arena, when you're in the Coliseum, you can't go against the crowd. So Glauber is kind of in a pickle here. Pretty pickle. Because he can't kill Spartacus to go against the crowd, but he wants him dead like you would not believe. So Badiatis comes in and offers him an out. He says, hey, listen, you know, let him live. I'll buy him off of you. So, you know, that'll save face with you. Um... But yeah, and he, that... Badias was also trying to gain a little bit of favor with Glaber because while Glaber's still trying to gain favor with his uh, father-in-law, like Glaber's still high up in the Roman ranks, so this is still like a really good opportunity for Badias to start raising his own status. As we find out later, Badias is also in quite a bit of debt, and Glaber probably has the funds to maybe help him out with that, which is something that will you know continue on with the next episode's coverage. But that pretty much does it for episode one. Alright, so let's just jump right into the events of episode two. I think um, this, I think this starts off with everyone being taken, a couple of the slaves that Badiatis had recently bought being taken to the Ludus, which is his home, where he lives and, and basically trains all these gladiators to be fighters in the arena in the name of honor for his own house um so yeah so here is another scene where we're going to be introduced to four or five more main characters that are just going to be a very important part of the series yeah and you see uh pretty soon that uh you meet lucretia uh she's talking with body and she's explaining how she's a little upset with him because spartacus was so expensive but Badiatis explains that Glaber will be visiting and their fortunes will soon improve. And Lucretia is Badiatis' wife. Yes. The redhead. She's she's hard to miss. Um, when we're in the Ludus, though, the two characters that stuck out to me, immediately I liked Vero. Varro, Vero, yes. kind of the blonde, curly-haired dude. He Varro, just seems yeah. like the good guy, you know, just the dude you want to hang out with in the Ludus. Um, him and Spartacus hit it off, but he seems cool. The other guys kind of seem like bums, like they weren't, they, they won't make it. it. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to make it through the it. test. They keep referencing this test. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other main character we already heard of, Crixus and Bracca, is Doctore. Doctore, yep. Doctor, uh, who is kind of the, they call him the domina, the dominus. Well, that, as that, well. That's Badiatis, correct? Yes. They, call, they refer to both of them as it, I, I think. I feel I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, Doctore, the gladiators refer to as uh, Doctore. Dom- Doctore? Yeah. Well, this is the yeah. rookie. This is our rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah. a rookie going <laughs> Dominus, against the Dominus refers to Batiatis, and, and Domina refers to Lucretia, who's the, the wife of the house. So yeah. we're just going to call Doctore Doctore. Um, but yeah, he's another one of the best characters in the show that gets introduced in this scene. And it's instantly very obvious that everybody, excluding the new recruits who don't know anything yet, has a lot of respect for him and is fearful at, or, you know, like th- he's not someone to fuck with. 
Um, but some other characters we're introduced here to are some of the already accepted gladiators of House Batiatus. And some of these guys include Asher, who we see just briefly. I don't think we get the name drop yet, but he's going to be a, another character that's always working his little finger fingers throughout the, the series. Yeah. He runs the books, so he kind of has a gambling operation. He's the guy that can get you things in the Ludus. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I know we will get into this in a little bit later of the episodes, but he works for Badiatis, correct? He is like technically— He's still a slave. Right, he yes. is a slave, but he's maybe higher class than the other— he gets treated better because he's put in years and years of to- of training under the house. He's honored the house, so he gets rewarded with a higher position. And I'm sure it become. I'm not sure if they explicitly say it, but he's no longer a fighter in when he's in that current position. Right. So I guess it also grants safety a little bit. But. Okay. Now let me know what you're thinking of that. I want to talk about Badiatis because I feel like they're setting him up to be a bad guy. He seems like he treats the gladiators pretty fairly. I mean, and the gladiators in general have, you know, the chance to fight for glory and make funds for themselves. And I don't think Badiatis is necessarily, like, trying to be a dick to them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I kind of like him as a character. Yeah, I'm, I mean, especially at this point. Yeah, I mean, especially at this point, I feel like, you know, I mean, they even show some redeeming qualities with him and Lucretia with their love for each other. Um, I think that all he his motivation right now is he's in debt, you know, and he bought Spartacus because he wants to use the fame right now. Um, but I don't really see any bad guy tendencies yet, really. Um, I see maybe some scheming, but I don't know. I don't know about antagonists, but I guess we'll find out. I when I was rewatching this again, I just instantly pegged Batiatis as a Brian Tomlinson character right there. I knew you were gonna love him. He's one of the most complex characters of the show. He's just one of the most captivating. Every time he's on the screen, yeah. he's a scene He has some stealer. really nice monologue scenes. Yeah. Reminds me of Littlefinger, except I knew Littlefinger was 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 Kinda bad news like back in the day. I was going to yeah, say does. the same yeah, thing. I, I really... Yeah. There's some parallels there. Anyway, Honestly, so, that's kind of an insult to Littlefinger, though, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Honest gets to bang Lucretia, who's good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah, him and everybody else. No <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we get introduced to kind of the residents of the ludus um and they keep on referencing it's called the test right just yes. the final test and that's kind of the last the stage between before you can join the brotherhood uh they go through trials and tribulations of just getting the shit worked out of them like they treat these guys worse than dog shit uh one of the ones i liked like they just let them lay down for a night's sleep and then uh dr a wakes them right back up and they just from dusk till dawn have mm-hmm. to carry these big ass logs just in a circle well you see in that the first scene when you are introduced to doctory they they try and pull out the demonstration of having the champion of the house who we find out to be crixus uh just to hit show the discipline and skill that he has compared to someone like spartacus who thinks he's a great fighter um he's never had real gladiator training and he just had some luck in the arena and now he wants to test his luck by thinking he's he's something special but crixus easily puts that guy in his place he does and going back really quick to uh doctore and and forcing uh the gladiators to train after hours after they were trying to sleep that was because he actually went to Badiatis and said he doesn't think a lot of these guys are going to make it and Badiatis just had a confrontation with avidius uh telling him that he wants his money pretty much for three months of grain right and so he forces doctore to train him harder right yeah. 
And right after they have that scene where they're walking in circles, it's funny because Spartacus and Varro like just are kind of like, wow, that was tough. But then they look over at like the other four in the group that are still going through the trials and they're like dying, dying over there. And they both have this exchange where it's just like, yeah, I think Spartacus says to Varro, you still think like everybody has a shot at making it through this test. Right. So, you know, they're kind of like the cream of the crop for what's coming into the great filtration system to just find out who the real gladiator potential gladiators are among the slaves. I fuck heavy with Varro. Like, yeah. up at Var- this point, <laughs> Varro like, is the I, man. I, I really fuck heavy with Varro. Yeah, Varro, you love right away. He tells Spartacus right away that he's doing this to pay off his debts to be with his wife and son. You know, so they bond over that. How much would it take you to go through those trials just to pay off debts? Yeah, like, that's no, insane. No. Every instinct, every instinct in my being is telling me Varro is not going to make it two years and he's going to die somehow, some way. He he has death in the future, but that's just me right now. Jimmy, are you picking up what I I'm like? picking it up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> He's just the good guy in a world he, that there aren't many good guys. He seems and, like the perfect, I'm going to cry, you just get, got killed off, death. He's he's the only person that I think Spartacus cares about other than like Sura that has been introduced and not that he necessarily cares about him but but anyway they so, bond yeah yeah so uh i think in this episode lucretia and alethea meet and that's a meeting of just two freaks honestly like <laughs> alethea is a wild <laughs> character alethea, and we're gonna alethea. sorry to correct you right no there, you're fine yeah that that dynamic between alethea and lucretia is the backbone of a huge part of the of the non-gladiator storyline that goes on so it's good that you guys are picking that up because that that stuff gets wild i'm not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna say anything more the ladies but... are schemers yes the ladies into... are very important in this show well they're powerful people too i mean lucretia has a stake in body odysseys situation going on with the ludus and Aleth- alithia almost is more powerful than glauber in ways because yeah. she's the daughter of mm-hmm. uh of the senator so you know it's a it's an interesting dynamic and we have some powerful ladies in this show Anyway, let's fast forward to the test, which is probably the most important part of the episode. Um, I think you see the end of Varro's fight that he fights to a draw with whoever he's up against. So he gets to survive, join the Brotherhood. And then you see <laughs> poor Marcus, just a no-name guy, gets pitted up against Barca. And, oh, my gosh. He takes one lunge, and Barca just, like, sideswipes yeah. and splits open so his back. Great. Oh, my God, yeah. And I thought it was funny. Dude, the gladiators just start, like, howling with laughter, and, like, two of them just drag this guy out. Could you imagine yeah, living, just like, disregard. 25, like, 20 to 30 years of your life, and that's how you go out? Like, just less than human garbage, like, no yeah. regard for your feelings? Yeah. And that's, a sack and that's of meat. That's the thing. The gladiators that are already accepted and have passed the test consider themselves so far above these newly bought slaves that this test is pretty much like their lifeblood. That mark that they get for passing the test and becoming part of House Badiatus is just a little bit of a glimpse into the fact that while they may be slaves, they care about the honor of what they're what they're getting into here. And that was so. We do yeah, have, definitely. Go we ahead. do have a quick rewind uh, before the end of that episode. Glaber shows up in Spartacus's cell, just so he can do That's a little right. gloating. Yeah, this yeah, is more. This scene. is how you figure out more so that he's a douchebag. He shows up with oh, the purple it? ribbon, and Uh-oh. he tells and he tells Spartacus that he sold Sura to a Syrian. So he's doing a lot of gloating. Um, now, as a result. Badiatis finds uh, later finds the ribbon after it's taken from Spartacus, 
And he comes to Spartacus and makes a deal that if Spartacus fights for him and serves him, then he'll return Sora to him. So that's how Badiatis and Spartacus kind of get under this on the same page. Right. Yeah. And that was another reason why I like Badiatis. Like, he's willing to make a deal with someone who has is in no position to be making deals with a slave owner, you know what I mean? And also, I got to shout out Dr. A, because he was the one that picked up Saul Spartacus, was caring way too much about this little piece of thread right. while he's getting dragged away. And Dr. A approaches Badiatis, he said, exactly. this might be able to help you, you know, control Spartacus a little bit. Yeah, like, Dr. A knows what he's about. Dude, one of the best characters. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> character <laughs> already, yeah. Well, so Glaber also, characters, man. Glaber hit Spartacus with, like, I guess, a classic back in the day line when he goes, when he says, I took it from her leg to preserve the scent before my men stained it with their Ooh. own. Yeah. yeah. And that was just like, holy shit, fuck this guy. Yeah. He's a douche. We, we've, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. we've covered it thoroughly. Yeah. We're probably going to keep oh, covering yeah, it, won't it stop. but he sucks. Like, he's not, he's not Joffrey or Ramsey level, but, dude, he's he's up there in one of my like most hated characters of any show. Now, the episode ends with Spartacus going up against Crixus in his uh, test. Now, you know, everyone knows that Crixus is above Spartacus, but when he's on his back... Spartacus makes Crixus slip, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. When he slips, he takes advantage of it and throws him off the it's stage. Im- it's important to know that the slip is directly a result of Crixus standing on the ribbon. Right. That, or the ribbon, right. So he's able to like yank it yes, out. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're on a, a wooden yep. platform. Stage too. platform, yeah. yeah. So he Strong falls ribbon. off. I don't know what that's called when you make like cloth or whatever, but that guy did a good job. Yeah, that thing has been oh, yeah. dealing with <laughs> yeah, going through, through a lot ringer. of stuff. But, um, yeah, so yeah. Spartacus jumps down. He's going for the kill. Badiata stops him and lets him know that he's in the Brotherhood. And that's how we end episode two with him getting with him getting branded with the B. For could, you, could you imagine just being one of those those slaves that are trying to just make your way into the Brotherhood and you pull the goddamn fucking champion of Capua? Yeah. yeah. Like, how yeah. the fuck the are you supposed to The undefeated Gaul. Yeah, never lost in the arena, and you're supposed to live? <laughs> you do not want to go up against anybody with the title, the undefeated yeah. Gaul. Yes. Yeah, so, funny. so that was the penultimate scene of episode two, and uh, we've already gone over our grievances with episode one. Episode two turned up already. So I, I'm, I'm on board. That. Yeah, I love to yeah. They're in the ludus. Like, I think we we're establishing our scene for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, How different did you feel after episode two compared to episode one? Uh, just like so much better. Yeah. I mean. I, you guys wouldn't be raving about a show as much as you have if it was all episode one kind of yeah. stuff. Right, and I trust your guys' opinion, so I knew it was going to turn up. But, I mean, everything about when they're in the Ludus, you know, like I said earlier, the choreography, you know, even the dialogue, everything was better. I'm everything li- in this you episode guys have, was I'm so excited for you guys to finish this season. Jesus Christ, it's yeah. awesome. The Ludus is just like a setting for so much, so many interesting storylines with great character interactions. It's just like, you would think that like the arena and like the gladiator fighting would be the best part about the show and you could say it is. No nah, man, but it's House Batiatis. Yeah, so That's much shit goes down, down there. It's awesome. political though. You get like different yeah, politics it's nice. even amongst the gladiators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not just and... meatheads beating each other with swords, which I oh, love And also watch. episode two, my last note on episode two was Crixus and Lucretia definitely fuck because the yes. end of the episode was mm. like so Lucretia looking like longingly down at Crixus and Crixus looking back like I don't want this but I right. knew something was going is this on the there. Episode, <laughs> is this the episode where we get the where we find a little bit out about Crixus and Navia or is, is not yet one not yet one that'll be the line? next episode okay. but um, my last note that I want to say is a quick shout out to our boy Asher. Um, 
You know, he was trying to help Spartacus, you know, because, you know, he, he had, he's, he, he's placing the bets. My quote that I want to say is when Spartacus is fighting and he's not winning, he's getting his ass kicked, and Asher says, fight you Thracian bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice, too. Asher's like, there's no love lost between me and Crixus. Truth be told, like, I, I have a bet against him. He thinks you're going to die. I want you to live. Take right. this bread. He shares it with uh with Vera. With his boy. Bono. Yeah, so that Asher's was, that a was good. Pooler, man. I like Asher. Yeah, <laughs> he's just. An I can tell. Guy. I'm gonna like he likes Batiatas and Asher. Asher. I love this well, little collection Asher he's likes getting. Fucking with people that like. Yeah. Obvi- he has a bum leg and he's like getting in Crixus's face. Like yeah. that takes. And he has a takes balls He out. has a great line in a later episode when he's talking to Crixus, and we'll get to that later. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's jump into episode three. Mm-hmm. So the, the legends. I was just about to say, and we get into some legends. I know Doctore has like some background that's touched on later but that's that's later on in the episode so the first thing the episode starts with the announcement of the Vulcanelia which I think is like the next big games that's going yeah, to be right in the it's arena. a festival yeah to prevent wildfires as they did back in the day as is tradition <laughs> as back is in tradition, ancient yeah. Romans do as the Romans do um, so, and you find out that Badiatis pledges 20 of his men to fight in this Vulcanelia, which is a lot for Badiatis, who is going through financial woes. Yeah, and I mean, it's also a lot for Badiatis knowing that a lot of his fighters aren't great right now, and he's trying to get them more popular, get them more fame, so he can make more money. And um, it it takes a while for them to come out with the pairings because obviously right. if you're having a fight they're getting paired off. Um, they say there's going to be the Primus, which right. is like the uh, main well, event. The, the yes, main event, yes, yes, exactly. That's going to be a common term for the games from here on out. So just the Primus, Primus is just the top mm-hmm. of the top of any sort of um, arena. And everybody's wondering, am I going to be one of the ten pairings? And there's one guy nobody's wondering about. Crixus is going to be in the Primus, right? Yes. Yeah, the champion of Capua. Anyway, uh, you also find out that Alithia will be at the games without Flauber. Right. Which is significant, because Alithia is kind of an airhead, but at the same time, she's a major player. It also opens the door, though, for Lucretia to really start to build that relationship, because her husband won't be around. Lucretia can start to, like, you know, kind of get her grasp on, on Alithia and see what she can do from... Badiatis will take care of Glaber and gaining favor on that side. And now Lucretia's getting a chance to gain favor from the more important of the pair, Alithia. So right. this is just all to honor the House Batiatis and kind of just raise their status. Because they clearly are people of taste and they hate being broke. So whatever they can do to get out of this situation, you could tell they're going to do it. I hope they do this for more characters, but this episode's titled Legends. And they go into kind of some of the backstories of the more famous gladiators in House Batiatis. The first story that we get is Barca's backstory. Mm. Barca, the Beast of Carthage. Yes. And essentially you find out that um, him and the Carthage the Gians or whatever, whatever village he's <laughs> from, gets captured by the Romans. Is that and then <laughs> And they make they make two hundred of these people from the village fight each other and it takes like half of a day and eventually it comes down to Barca and the chief of the village who essentially they say built this village on blood and warfare. So like he's no joke. Barca is Barca and they do the flashback too. They kinda say there's a lot of blood. Um but yeah it, it, it kind of shows 
how these gladiators become legends and how these stories probably aren't completely true, but people like make it up through word of mouth. Like these people that are just really good fighters become like absolute legends. I think we get Crixus's later. Right. Because they add at the very end too. And Spartacus is quick to say that he thinks it's a rumor, but the fight was between father and son. Correct. That's what they try the to chief say was as well. The father. Yes. Yes. And nobody can confirm, but they're just like, as the story goes, he go. was his father as well. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, as the episode progresses, we get Badiatis uh, and Spartacus have another exchange where he confirms, he follows up that he is making some inroads on locating Sura. So mm-hmm. Spartacus gets some confirmation that Badiatis is keeping his end of the deal there. Um, Lucretia plus Crixus is confirmed. They bone. Um, this is also where we start to get the um, the picture that Navia is a very important character, especially when it comes to Crixus's dynamic. Yeah, they yeah. did kind of the same thing as the episode prior, where they exchange a look from yeah, the exactly. looking down. Right. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. you want to explain your Navia? Crixus gets a uh, Crixus gets pussy. <laughs> Crixus, I mean, come on, everybody loves Crixus. Olithia is kind of drooling over him too when they're she like is. presenting the gladi. Yeah. Olithia is what? Crixus is pissed too. Yeah, yeah. she's pissed. Oh god, the love oh. triangles that are already starting to form. I do love it. But, um, but anyway, so Navia is the, um, I guess, personal handmade, handmade slave yeah. to Lucretia. So wherever Lucretia is, Navia follows. Well, that makes this dynamic even more crazy. Yeah, that's because... so terrible. <laughs> yeah, and, and in episode two, when they do the, you know, the foreshadowing, the look up uh, with Crixus and Lucretia, you know, you don't know 100%, you know, you know they're banging, but you don't yeah. know their deal. But this episode, you know that it's... N- Crixus is reluctant, and he's being coerced pretty much because she's the higher, you know, she's the domina, and he's the slave, I guess. Yeah, so I don't think she's choice. got to coerce too hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's probably enjoying it, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. he's not. He, he'd Absolutely. rather be with Navia. Also, the way Lucretia kind of presents this to to Crixus, you can tell that she thinks she's doing him, like you're saying, she's doing favors for him as well. Like she's giving him the choice to do this, right? But. Crixus would be forced into it regardless, you know. Like, this is, right. you, you see throughout the episodes, Body Odds is just fucking getting head from random-ass slaves just to bang his wife. Like, right. they, they're just objects. Yeah. That, was, like ridiculous. that was such a power trip. And they're maybe just they... having a conversation on opposite sides of the room, yeah. and they snap her fingers. One starts, like, giving Body <laughs> Odds head, while another one's just finger-blasting Lucretia. Yeah, they're just so... mid-conversation, then they just, like, go <laughs> Talking about other. important yeah. shit, too. Yeah, so, all right, so another thing that comes up that's pretty important in another bit of foreshadowing is Doctore, uh, in the middle of training, he teaches the gladiators that not all fights end in death. He shows that lifting a hand with two fingers shows surrender. Now, yep. Spartacus is scoffing at that, you know, saying, I'll never surrender, I, I win. Varro and him are having a little talk over it, and Doctore, uh, I believe it's Doctore, correct? Doctor- Tell sends him to the... To, uh, this, the whatever pit. you want to call the pit, yeah. It's the pit, yeah. And they do, but actually, they bond in that pit because that's where Spartacus actually tells Varro that he has someone that he loves and he's fighting for her. Because Varro can't really understand at this point Spartacus's motivations until he finally explains it. Now they both have their bit, their bond. Mm-hmm. I love that scene because they're in a literal pit of fecal matter. And Varro isn't even, like, pissed. He's just, like, such sour grapes. Yeah. He's just like, I didn't even want to, like, engage in that conversation. That was all you giving Doctor I live, and now I'm sitting in the I, I think you referred to it as the pit, but it's not the pit. The right, pit. right. That's why yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. say it, but that's, gotcha. yeah. Is it yeah. The hole? The hole. The hole. Yeah, yeah, the hole. Okay. Let's go with the hole. That's better. So, anyway, I mentioned the uh, the Vulcanelia. 
was announced earlier, and we start to get some of the pairings that are going to happen. You find out that Crixus is going to be fighting a guy named Naeus, Navis, in the Primus, mm-hmm. who... He uses a net. That's his thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Crixus would have fucked this guy up, by the way. Absolutely obliterated him. And you find out that Spartacus is on the billing to fight Varro. Damn. I just, I just, wait. Yeah, that's like, you find that out, and it's like, what the fuck is that I was like, come shit? on, at first. Yeah. For the know? lowest listing, too. Like, they right. are the worst of the ten parents. Curtain, yeah. And the only reason it was possible at all is because after Spartacus's first match, which which actually when Batiatis bought him that in the at the end of the first episode, there was like a notable um, public interest in Spartacus, even when he wasn't fighting and he was training to become a gladiator. So so Batiatis knew that while technically on paper this should be just a absolute crush fest by Crixus, like in the audience's mind, they're they're here to see these two guys because. There's just a lot of interest around the champion Capua, and then this new up-and-coming guy, and everyone's loving yeah. it. I, can't, I can only imagine. So to, so to rewind right there, the yeah. original bill is not Crixus versus Spartacus. Right, you're jumping a little oh, bit. Jumping the gun. In, in the Ludus, Spartacus knows he has to fight Crixus. Right, he weasels. he wants to get on the fast pass there. Like, My bad, I skipped the he would fucks up. Uh, yeah, the guy with the... He starts with the like heckling the guy with the net, calling him a pussy. <laughs> takes takes a stab at Bar- Spartacus, who just, again, sideswipes and bashes his like face against like a wooden post. Yeah. He can't fight. Um, and then later in the night, they kind of have a presentation of all the gladiators that are going to fight at, at kind of the man- the estate part of the Ludus. Mm-hmm. Um, all these people are kind of like, you know... It's, seeing body odysseys wares um and a weird scene where varro fucks a slave in front of lucretia yeah. and alithia and alithia is super into it um <laughs> he gets bet too doesn't someone bet like oh like i'll bet like, you yeah, yeah. Yeah. whatever yeah that he won't last <laughs> 20 more strokes. as soon as he finishes like can he go again yeah. <laughs> they're so yeah. whack um but anyway it's during that that spartacus they're supposed to just be standing at attention and spartacus just tackles crixus to the ground body Otis intervenes and uses that kind of hype around the fight to announce to everybody that's there, just say, this will be the headliner. So Spartacus gets into that Primus bill. PR expert, that guy. Really? Well, it kind of backfires because Spartacus gets his ass kicked. Well, I mean. And that that is the same uh, episode, though. The one thing that I did want to say, Doctore, they're kind of in the jail cell uh, the night before the fight. And they're talking about... Some various legends. They bring up that Crixus got his name by killing two twin, like, jackal beast men, which was a pretty cool backstory. More legends. Who are, like, more, more legends. legends. And then the other one that they say, they're, they're talking up this this beast of a man named Theocles. Yeah, the, Theocles. Shadow of death. the shadow of death. Theocles stands ten feet tall, and they said he's fought in several hundred men, and only one has left the ring with his life. Yeah. And he Fuck says it so up, perfectly. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> Spartacus and he, doesn't believe it. He's like, well, the guy breathes among us. It's the man behind the whip. And you find out that Doctore took on this shadow of death and Go. is the only one ever to like escape yeah. with his life. I was so hyped about that because I already awesome... liked Doctore. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, How but... do you not like Doctore? But wait, hold on. Why, we... why? Quickly, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted—I didn't get to ask you guys. What do you think about the general cliff 
outside of the whole gladiator. Oh, yeah. like, isn't that one of the most like, you know, the big drop off where they training it was a thing until episode four, episode yeah. four, where they use that as oh, like right. a, a piece it's of there, you it know, it's there, there but it, episode it's, four yeah, is it's unassuming. It's, and right. I was like surprised four. that none of you, that you two didn't mention it yet. Cause right. I just think that's such a whack, cool, badass thing to just add yeah. to the Ludus. Also right. a side note, I would never build my house on that thing. Yeah. Like, we'll next to it. That's a great part for the Ludus, though. It's yeah. just intimidating. I guess, right yeah. I agree. Why not a Roman Lanista? I guess, yeah, that's why I don't uh, own gladiator slaves. Yeah. So, anyway, Spartacus versus Crixus happens, and it's kind of like, in my opinion, it was kind of a letdown. Like, right. I wasn't expecting Spartacus to be able to beat Crixus, but he gets his ass handed to him. And I think it was so definitive that that's why Spartacus just kind of swallows his pride and gives the fingers up and says, "I surrender." Like, yeah, I mean, he looks down at the ribbon. I mean, it's a very, mm-hmm. it's a big character trait. You know, it's very important for his character. He looks down at the ribbon. You realize he's really only fighting for Sura. There's no reason to fight otherwise, and there's no reason to live. You know, without Sura. That's why he's going to surrender to live to fight another day. At this point, I I still kind of think Spartacus is kind of like a pussy. I I don't want to say that because he has some badass moments, but he's just taken off way more than he can chew, and he should be able to realize that, and I don't appreciate that. He's gotten himself into too much trouble. If you put put yourself in his shoes, I mean, would you be thinking rationally, like, oh, I'll just kind of work my way up the gladiator ladder, and eventually I'll get back to my wife. Yeah, I think You know, months later. Like, how many times do you think she's been raped in this time? Yeah, Jesus. And, you know, he's thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. just he saw it as his fastest way to getting to Sura, and while it was absolutely irrational, like that—that's yeah. just—that's just his right. personality. Right. But did you got you both agree that you going into that you didn't think he had a chance at beating Crixus? No, I I did not think no, he no, was no, going. No. Did you think I didn't? One of them I was going to die. Well, that was the thing. So when it when it started, I was like, he said he won't surrender. I so I actually did think maybe he'll lose and surrender. It can't. It crossed my mind just because I had no other. Uh, there's nothing else that I could think to happen because he wasn't going to win yeah. and he wasn't going to die. So I kind of just guessed that. But The crowd wanted Crixus to kill him too. Right. Mm-hmm. Badiatis stops it. Yeah. He says he fought honorably, but Badiatis is trying to save his own ass because yeah. he invested a lot of money into Spartacus. And That and it's also... I don't think it's ever heard of to actually kill someone that surrenders like that. So, like, it would have been a dishonorable thing for his house to have just killed someone that's giving themselves up like that. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, that pretty much does it for episode three, but we pick up episode four with Spartacus reaping the the punishment yes. of pulling all this shenanigans to get to the top bill and absolutely flopping. Yeah, and then he put his body ass kicked. In a bad position. I think they, like, he wakes up with his head dangling. Over That's the, cliff, the scene, like, yes. That's kind of like a, a torture thing. Not a torture Kyle, thing, you want to walk us through a little bit of what the pits are? Yeah, so Spartacus is obviously in Badiatus' doghouse at this point. I mean, he kind of just embarrassed him in front of the entire city of Capua. So to get back into his good graces and kind of earn a place back at the Ludus, uh, basically he has to fight in what is known as the pits. So the pits are somehow a more brutal and lawless place than the arena itself. So if there's honor in the arena, there's no such thing as honor in the pits. So it's basically just men going at it like dogs with just no rules, no honor, just you fight to win, and if you lose, you're dead as hell. Whack weapons. It honestly feels like yeah. Mortal Kombat down right. there. Right, and I and I just want to say, when, when this episode happened, I didn't know what was coming next. I figured he'd get back to the arena, but... I was ready for him to fight in these in these pits because he's more of a like a fighter street that fighter, yeah street fighter style, exactly yeah. like yeah. he doesn't have the uh, 
training that, training, that Crixus exactly. and all right. them. Yeah, he doesn't I have the years wanted, under his belt. I just wanted Spartacus to start catching some Ws. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like yeah. he's gotten his ass handed to him by superior fighters. Long season, boys. Yeah. Long. Oh, season. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but he's not the only one sent to the pits. It's him and a guy named Crexa. If you I haven't watched the show in a while. He's the guy with the fugitiva tattooed he, on his forehead. He is the mm-hmm. punching bag of the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. He just gets his ass Definitely. kicked. He's been constantly. there since the beginning, right? He's just a, a named other recruit that passed the test, right? Yeah, he I guess he, he must test, have passed but then the for test. some yeah, reason he, he goes have been to the there, pit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But boy, yeah, very on brand for Krexa. He literally gets his <laughs> ass handed to him and his face cut off and worn. What a right. terrible brand! So you know, <laughs> Fugitiva. Yeah, that was that's yeah. like a pretty like infamous uh, mm-hmm. just like image. Well, I guess. He wears it later in the episode against us. Yeah. Spartacus, oh, too. Yeah, that's yeah, how you yeah. know. It was, it was a nice callback. Yeah. Yeah. A nice I mean, callback that he's I mean, wearing the man's face. I mean, if I was a guy with a collection of face masks, that would be up there. The yeah. one that has the fugitive yeah. tattoo. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's also, yeah. I mean, it's just so cool the way that they run the pits. Like, it's just a bunch of, like, drunk ass people betting money it's, on these people with right. like they take what the they think they put their hand in a bag right like, like, it's bones, a bowl right? but that's what I wanted to ask is a, is that what it is Dude, bones I don't know they, because when they were pulling them out I just couldn't tell what it was it but probably the, has like some markings on it yeah because yeah. he looks the guy looks at him and he just goes you know yeah. whatever it is that guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's the that guy, guy that you want dope. being like the the master of the MC for this whole thing. <laughs> but anyway you what like what a crazy job he has. Yeah. Who pays him? Crazy hat too. Oh, he gets his. Yeah, he, he gets his. Does. Yeah, he gets a cut. Anyway, that's that's a really cool system for the underground pits. It's like you pick your weapon and it's random. And I think one of the possibilities is no weapons, right? Because mm-hmm. he always says, "Will the God grace yeah. you?" Um, so Krexa gets murked. Um, you find out the whole reason that he sends Spartacus to the pits is to help pay his debts because Spartacus is going at bad odds and he's betting on Spartacus trying to make some money. Uh, so that's Badiatis. Uh, da, 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 da. So, so yeah, I mean during during the pits, it's uh, scenes. Avidius again confronts Badiatis, saying he wants his money. Mm-hmm. You know, they made a deal that after the arena, after the games, he will be paid. And obviously, Badiatis thought he was going to have enough money. Then he didn't. So Avidius confronted him, and Badiatis had his boy, uh, Namey. There you go. Say. Back off, man. Back yeah, off. dude. Barco's the muscle. So, uh-huh. you know, there was nothing that was going to happen there. Anyway, Spartacus has. Um, actually, before we move on, Crixus has that scene where he gets the necklace back from Navia on his way to Lucretia. So he has the necklace in his hand and is forced to then give it to Lucretia as like an offering because he can't justify having the necklace any other way. Right. Uh, so that happens instantly. And th- she's wet. Instantly <laughs> wet. Wetter than she already was before. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Spartacus has his first battle in the pits. It's against a guy named Mermex, and they actually have a cool fight because they both get brass knuckles of sorts, except the other guy's brass knuckles have... Nails? The little sticking yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, the nails. Wasn't Liam Neeson in a movie like where he makes naily uh, bra- brass knuckles? I don't know. The yeah, weapons are so head. wild. In the yeah, pits. they're yeah. crazy. I've never seen any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, I mean... Yeah, and you can use anything, like anything that's around yeah, you like is a weapon, Hulk, too. So yeah, you like get given a weapon, but yeah, yeah, anything else you can use as that's a That's how he kills this guy. Talk about yeah. finishing. It was awesome. It was <laughs> fucking <laughs> sick. Yep. Don't like all, we see some audience members get fucked up, too, and like, as like, yeah. Well, there's players, dead bodies yeah. hanging and yeah. shit, like. Yeah. 
The pits are cool fights. Yeah, <laughs> the pits was a great. Really like, I mean, cool that's an unexpected cool thing that was just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Right from Spartacus episode one to four, that's what I've been saying. That's when it's at its best. The yeah. close combat fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's denying you there. Yeah, man. there you the, yeah. the fighting in this show is outrageously good. Yeah. Uh, so another noteworthy scene, uh, Lucretia, earlier in one of the episodes, she bought this fancy emerald necklace and is forced to sell it back to pay off some of the debts. Salonius, that weasel, like, <laughs> yeah, sees, of course. sees her on the streets trying to sell it back and offer, like, she's taking a loss on it, selling it back to the same guy. Salonius offers full price and starts hitting on her, like, heavy. And she denies him, like, keeps her pride and sells it back for half price. So that was good on Lucretia. Um, and then Badiatis and Spartacus make this agreement that Spartacus is going to throw the next fight and tells Badiatis to put all of his money on the other guy. No matter what the odds, like, I'm going to, like, he's throwing the fight, essentially. Right. With the promise that once Spartacus puts his life on the line for House Badiatis, even when he was gone, Badiatis would do everything in his power to make sure that Sura was freed from slavery and she was, or at least freed from the Syrian that she's currently with. Just so she can have a, a, a civil lifestyle living in House Badiatis. Definitely. So, uh, another thing you find out is Lucretia seems to be barren. It doesn't sound right. like she's able to bear children. Um, and I'm starting to think she kind of has a grudge against Spartacus. Is convinced he's cursed. So, speaking of Lucretia, um, she has her little uh, thing going on with Crixus, but Crixus also has uh, a, a little interaction with Navia where. She tries to explain to him, listen, dumbass, you can't give me a necklace. Lucretia knows everything about me. She knows, you know, if I have a necklace, I'm wearing this necklace. Where would it come from? It would look very suspicious. She's trying to explain to him that it's not because she doesn't like him that she didn't take it. Um, You know, but she's angry. She's pissed because she watched him bang Lucretia. (laughs) I like it too. She brings up like, "What's my necklace doing on another woman?" Like yeah. she, she knows she can't have it, but she definitely doesn't like seeing it on Lucretia. Getting a little territorial there. Yeah, mm. definitely. No, Navi is definitely into it for sure. They yeah. smooch, um, and then we go on to the fight. Right. Take us there. So we're in one of the battle, the final battles. Uh, we all know that Spartacus is supposed to lose, but plot armor again. We know he's probably gonna live. <laughs> <laughs> so during the fight. Um, Spartacus notices men going uh, after Badiatis, getting ready to attack him. Uh, I keep forgetting our boy's name. That's his bodyguard. Barca is protecting him from one guy, but Spartacus notices that another guy is coming up from behind. So Spartacus uh, actually kills the person he's fighting, which is our boy with the fugitiva face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, dude's a freak. So I, I want to describe the fight, first yeah, of all. You do that. They, yeah. they draw weapons... Uh, the dude wearing the Fugitiva mask gets dual axes. Spartacus draws, like, a single short blade, I think. And that's the scene. And Spartacus actually gets a few good licks in yeah. on the guy, and then it looks like... Doesn't Body ought to say make it look good? He though? does. Yeah, he, he does. does. So he doesn't yeah. want him to just yeah. go out there and just, just yeah, kill He got me. caught throwing a fight in the pit. I, mean, I, yeah. I got the feeling that he was the better fighter, though, because he got some good blows in on this guy, and then he started getting his yeah. ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we take him to, like... Out of the corner of his eye, he sees two assassins moving right. in on body artists that Barca doesn't notice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So then, um, our, you know, Spartacus kills uh, the person he's fighting, and it throws the other axe, or is yep. it his sword? Yeah. Okay, so he throws yeah, the other yeah. axe, and awesome scene. Kills yeah. one of the assassins <laughs> yep. going after body artists. Um, 
So, obviously, Spartacus stayed alive there. Badiatis now has lost a substantial amount of money after he bet on Spartacus dying. Um, so can't be mad at Spartacus because well, right. like, he would but be he dead. But he saved his life. Yeah. Has his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's now, a rock and a hard place. And right this there. is where uh, you want to get into, like you were saying, about Lucretia having a uh, little grudge with Spartacus. She wants him dead after this. You know, I right. mean, I don't think she wanted him alive for any of the episodes before, but she says he's... He's a curse. You know, how are you going to keep him alive? You shouldn't have been in the pits. You almost died. Mm-hmm. A lot of this. They're costing House Body Out is pretty much their entire fortune, and they're pushing their backs against the wall. So we're going to see some desperate times ahead for yeah. Body yep. And then what? He, he sends out your other boy, Asher. Yes. They check the brands, right, on them, on the slaves that were about to kill him. And he's like, you got to find out who they are. Yeah. Asher just gets And he's done. pissed that it's no-named slaves. Yeah, yeah. send slaves after him, not like actual <laughs> Yeah, that's why yeah, there's no honor in that, um, to a no-name slave. But yeah, anyway, so after the fight, uh, we have this meeting. I think Dr. A says that he's being called by Badiatis, Spartacus that is. And Badiatis essentially says, you know, you saved my life earlier he had asked for the thread back, the ribbon, mm-hmm. Sura's ribbon back. Just y- you might lose it in the pits, essentially. Right. You know, that's no place for this this fine piece of thread. Mm-hmm. Um, gives it back to him and says, "Welcome back to the Brotherhood." Essentially, you're a gladiator. Right, Dottori is such a good guy, man. He really is. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's just like he as as crazy as the whole slave dynamic is with everybody he's yeah. like he's just got morals he's got, yeah, yeah he, he has a legit moral compass yeah, yeah, i yeah. mean you feel spark his disappointment when he says after the crixus fight i'll just train harder and doctor just lost it he lost his he had a faith in him man he's like he can't we're, we're past that yep <laughs> yeah yeah yep yeah well that's Spartacus's big issue he just he fights so much on like raw like emotion and like just trying to like overpower people he has no Right, and that's why I was excited for the pits, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's you're right. That's like his setting right there. So, that covers all the content for episode 4. Real quickly, I think we want to just do what we're thinking going ahead. Let me let me first just ask like you guys are all in? Like oh, am I yeah. I'm good in? on the show. Yeah, I'm in. in and and you guys so have been saying that, that 5 through 8 are probably well I won't. I'll just say that the next episode you're about to watch, just just fucking be ready because yeah. is this is going to be the uh, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the next episode. Okay. So, and I want to give another shout to the the subreddit because one of the people that uh, posted said they were very interested in hearing the podcast because episode one wasn't very good and it gets so good the next two, three, four episodes. So. You know, I'm glad that other people are noticing that, you know, even if they are Spartacus fanboys, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All right, boys. So we've recapped and reacted to episodes one through four. Is there any burning theories, questions, anything that you want to lay out right now and put it in stone? Glauber's a bitch. That ain't changing anytime, <laughs> anytime soon. What I want to see, I think Spartacus is due for a one-on-one fight against someone on the same playing field as him in the arena. I want to see a one-on-one Spartacus for someone, and I also want to see a one-on-one Crixus for someone who's on that tier. Not Spartacus. Who's not right. Spartacus. Spartacus ain't on that tier yet. Yeah. It's going to be a long time. Uh, I don't even know if, if I'll be treated to that that good of a fight this this early in the season, but Crixus is a beast. Spartacus is, is growing on me, I guess. I'm excited for the next couple episodes, next four episodes that we're covering. You know, I ended episode four, and I wanted to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we yep. had to stop for the podcast, so this next one will be coming out pretty quick because I'll be binging right away. Definitely. 
That's all she wrote. So, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram, and also be sure to subscribe on Spotify and Apple. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thank you for listening. <laughs>